His heart was filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for his people. That grief is what captured his heart, and he burned with passion. What broke his heart is what broke God's heart. So focus on something, guys, because there's so many things out there that are going to grab your attention. So many things that will catch your attention, but only a few things will capture your heart. So I want to ask you, what captures your heart? Or better yet, what breaks your heart? What breaks your heart that breaks God's heart? The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. This episode is brought to you by Gospel Canvas. Gospel Canvas is reimagining Christian art for today's generation of Christians. Their exclusive collections are custom, unique, and a beautiful reminder of the power of salvation and hope. Now, these pieces will brighten up any space and add high character and motivation that you can see, touch, and experience on a daily basis. Visit gospelcanvas.com today and use the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. That's gospelcanvas.com using the promo code King 15. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meekin. You guys know what we're talking about here. We have been on a kick, we'll call it, on the seven plagues of attitude. And today, we are going to talk about indifference. Indifference. But most importantly, you guys know, we're not just talking about the plagues of attitude. We're really diving into the antidotes, how to counteract, how to cancel these thoughts and these feelings that well up with inside us. We've talked about worry and doubt and pessimism. And today we're going to dive into indifference. So first off, I want to make sure that we have a definition of what indifference actually is. So what is indifference? Because when I was preparing for this, I was searching through the Bible and I realized that word indifference, it wasn't anywhere to be found within the Bible. Indifference is it's not in the Bible, but there were several passages that have addressed this subject. So I want to make sure though that we have a working definition of what indifference actually is. So the word indifference or to be indifferent, it means that we're showing or we have no interest we have no concern. We've got no feeling. We're simply, we're uninterested or we're apathetic. We're unmoved. To have or show no interest, concern, or feeling towards something. So when I think about this, I first think of like our attitude towards God because we can have an indifferent attitude towards God. 
and at the core of it, really, God seeks to find people with the opposite of that attitude. And God calls us to make a decision clearly to choose a side in regard to actually like serving him. Multiple times throughout the Bible, we can find this of where he says, you know, we actually, we have to choose a side. Are we with him or against him? Actually, Matthew 12, 30 tells us this specifically that, and Jesus taught that the men were either with him or they were against him. So there's no middle ground in regards to our commitment to God our commitment to the Lord. And when we consider what what God's ultimately done for us, we got to realize that indifference, it's got to be one of the most like insulting attitudes that we can have towards God, just to be like, eh, indifferent towards him. There's a difference or there's a an indifference in regard to God. But then we also have to take a look at this on the next step or the next level and, and the indifference with regards towards man. So that's what we're going to dive into here. So I want to ask you guys, have you ever felt indifferent? Some of you may be feeling this right now, like you just don't care. Or maybe that you've lost that zeal that you once had. And I know what that feels like. I've gone through this a few different times in my life. One actually even just recently, which is crazy to think of all the amazing things that God's doing in our life within the King's Council here. And I remember just pulling Christian aside one night and I was like, bro, I just feel like I've lost my zeal. And, and the timing on this is perfect because this is something that I've gone through recently. And I want you guys to really think about this. Just search inside yourself of, is that you right now? Or think of if you can recognize yourself, or most importantly, if that ever becomes you, we're going to dive into the antidotes. So I want to make sure that we've got maybe an idea of what these symptoms or clues to that feeling of indifferent would actually look like. So number one is, it would be complacency. So are you complacent with the things in life? You're just fine with the way things are. Are you complacent with your marriage? Are you complacent with your family life? How about your career or your business? How about your relationship with God or others? Are you just okay living in that comfort zone that you've created? Are you complacent? The other one would be, do you have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset? Because your mindset might be of the thought process of like, well, I just, I don't really like what I have, but I really don't have much hope that it's ever going to change. Or, you know, I just, I, I know that would require a lot of work. So just forget about it. We're just okay with the status quo, with just being just that attitude of like, we're just going to let life happen at us instead of having that intentionality of making life happen for us. So do we have a fixed mindset or do we have a growth mindset? And the other one is just that feeling of being apathetic, apathy, or just gives me the heebie-jeebies when I think about it. If we think about apathy, the definition of it would be like a total lack of interest and concern about something. Apathy is completely draining to our passions. It depletes any excitement that we've once had and certainly dulls any concern towards anything on this earth. And some of us may be dealing with this. And if any of these symptoms describe you, even an ounce of how you may feel, an inkling you better listen up here, guys, because I'm not here to tell you that that's okay. I'm not going to be the brother in Christ that's going to throw a pity party and talk about the good old days or let any of you think that your best days are behind you because I'm telling you that is not true. I believe that the way that Jesus lived, 
by what he taught, by the way that he preached, by the way that just who he was, is he despised indifference. And I absolutely am going to dive into this with you guys and provide you the antidote on how to fan that flame, how to ignite that pilot light that we have, right? But how do we ignite that thing? And how do we set ourselves on fire once again? Because here's the deal, guys. I've looked through the Bible, and at the core of it, I believe Jesus hated indifference. He rejected the middle ground. I believe that God taught us that middle ground is really the lowest way to live. And so often we think like, well, it's average, that middle ground, it's not so bad. But from God's perspective, it's the lowest ground. Average is no way to live. Average is no way to live. I am not willing to let good be the robber of my greatness. And I want you to have that same mindset as well. Do not let good rob you of your greatness. Revelation 3 verses 14 through 16 actually describes this specifically with the Laodicean church. Or if any of you have read this or heard these stories, they're oftentimes referred to as the church of being lukewarm. That lukewarm type of church. And I'll just read it quickly. It says, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Man, those are some strong words. Jesus is talking about those who are lukewarm. He clearly says that you're better off being hot or be cold, but lukewarm is not the place that you need to be. Indifference is despicable to God. Think about that. He literally says that he was going to spit you out of his mouth. Think about that, guys. So here's what I've learned about indifference. Indifference wants it easy. It's that easy road. I'm going to talk to you about Luke in chapter 12. It talks to us about a rich man, a rich man who had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have enough room for all of my crops. So then he said, I know I'll tear down all my barns. I'm going to build a bigger one or bigger ones. And then I'm going to have enough room to store all of my wheat and all my other goods. So then I can sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat drink and be merry. But listen up, guys. Here's what God said to him. You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Again, that's Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21. So here's a man, guys, walk with me on this. He's a man who just had this insane crop doing extremely well. And as he looked out, he surveys everything that he has and says, well, since I don't have any more room in my barns, I'm just going to tear them down and I'm going to build bigger ones so I can store what I had. He said, I will store all of my crops. In other words, he wasn't giving anything away. He wasn't thinking about anybody else. He was only focused on himself, not looking beyond anything that he was doing in his own mindset in his own world. He said, I'll take all of my crops and all of my goods. And he told himself, I've got enough here for myself so I can take it easy. I can sit back. I can enjoy myself for a long time. I'm telling you guys, 
That's the spirit of indifference. If your goal is to only provide enough for yourself, hear me when I say this, guys. If your goal is like, well, I just need enough money to get by. I just need enough for myself. I'm not greedy. I just want enough for my family. I'm here to tell you, you are the greediest one listening to this call right now. That is the most selfish mindset that you can possibly think of. If God's given you the ability to produce, that farmer, he had the ability to produce and all he was thinking about was himself. He wasn't thinking about who else he could bless in that process. This is a mindset shift that we have to have here. If God has given you that ability to produce, then get to freaking work. Never, ever envy anybody that's got the easy road through life. Because when I read the Bible, my Bible says this. I know it's your Bible as well. It says, it's the complacency of the fool who will eventually destroy himself. So if you're feeling indifferent, ask yourself this. Are you complacent? Are you complacent? And if you are, keep listening here because we ain't done yet, guys. Right? The other thing about indifference that I want to talk about here is indifference, it doesn't feel. There's no care. So when I read the Bible, it's easy to recognize that Jesus cared deeply. He was moved with compassion, with a righteous anger numerous times throughout the Bible. So I'm going to ask you this. When was the last time that you were moved? When was the last time you had that, that compassion, that righteous anger? When was the last time you were moved about anything? And if you're having a difficult time thinking about that, then let's continue here, guys. So let me ask you this then, what's your passion? And I wanna be clear on this, on what passion actually is, because this is one of the most misconstrued words that we use here in America, in society. It's like, what's your passion? Most people think of like passion as like, what's exciting for you? It's like, oh, I'm really passionate about basketball or football or whatever it is. No, 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 no. That's not passion. You've heard of the movie, The Passion of the Christ. It's not like what was exciting for Christ. It was what broke his heart? What's your passion? What breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? And some of you may have difficulty trying to figure this out. Some of you may immediately know something that comes to mind while others of you are struggling here. So why do we struggle with what is our passion? What breaks my heart? Why is it difficult for us to care the way that Jesus wants us to care? I think there's a number of things, but I'll share a few of them with you guys. Number one, I think it's the world that we live in. The volume of information is completely overwhelming to us, especially if you're watching any sort of media, if you're on any social media, it's overwhelming. It's like, how do we even care about something, let alone everything? So the volume of information is overwhelming. In addition, because of that, that causes us to maybe just feel that helpless, like, well, who am I? How can I make a difference? And at the end of the day, too, if you're living in America here, we are blessed and cursed with comfort. You may live in other countries as well that have have amazing abilities and freedoms, but we live in, in my opinion, still to this day, even though everything that's going on, I still believe that we live in the greatest country in the world, and it's so easy for us to become comfortable. But sometimes our greatest blessings can turn into our greatest curses. Our greatest blessings can become our greatest curse. So how do we find this passion? How do we get the zeal that we once had? Or maybe we've never even had it. So how do we even find it? So here it is, guys. Walk with me on this here. 
what we need to do is we need to consistently expose ourselves to something that creates a righteous discomfort. Consistently expose yourself to something that can create a righteous discomfort. So what's the actual antidote here? I want to be clear on this, guys. Because a lot of the antidotes that, that I've talked about and will continue to talk about have to deal with like, okay, it's a simple three-step thing. Uh, we're going to pray more. We're going to spend time in the Word. We're going to praise. But I'm going to keep this so simple for you guys. If you are feeling indifferent, here's what you got to do. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge when things are growing dim. Acknowledge it. Just understand that it's real. It's a reality. I just, I'm indifferent. Acknowledge when things are growing dim. Repent. Acknowledge, repent, and then commit. So commit to what? Commit to this, guys. Every day, every day, do something that requires faith. Do something that puts you out of your spiritual comfort zone. So what could this look like? Let's just run through some examples here for you. How do we stand up out of our spiritual comfort zone? What puts us in that uncomfortable zone? Because here's the deal. Do the uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. It's that simple. So maybe if you're at the workplace, maybe you're in school, stand up for something that's right. How about that? In today's society, especially so many darn Christians, so many pastors that I see, it's like stand up for something that's right. Because if you're reading the same Bible that I'm reading, there's a lot of things that aren't right. And there's a lot of pastors out there that aren't standing up for things that are right. So stand up for something right. Let me even something more practical for you. Maybe apologize to someone. Take the first step of faith. Mend that broken relationship. Volunteer. Maybe invite somebody to church. Step out of your comfort zone. Maybe give when you feel prompted to even though it may not make sense at all. It may not make any earthly sense. If you're not tithing, take that step of faith. I promise you, that's the one thing that God says that we should test him in. Pray for the impossible. With God, all things are possible. But here's the deal, guys. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The lie that we tend to believe oftentimes is that it's easier to not care or to just not engage to be indifferent. But hear me when I say this. Hear me on this, guys. It is better to hurt with a purpose than to live without one. It is better to hurt with a purpose than to ever live without one. So get engaged. Engage yourself and care about the things that matter to God. What breaks your heart that breaks God's heart? And when when I think about being indifferent, I couldn't help but just thinking through this topic, I couldn't help but thinking of like, okay, there's indifferent, but then what's like the opposite of being indifferent? And I couldn't help but just think about Paul. Now, some of you may know before he was Paul, he was Saul. Paul was named Saul and he freaking hated Christians. He seeked them out. He searched for them and he killed them. I can't help but think like, why did God choose Paul? He had that radical encounter with God on the road to Damascus. He blinded him. And I I was like, why why did God choose Paul? Of all people on the planet, why did he choose Paul? And I got to believe this, that I got to believe God was looking down and he was looking for someone with strong feelings, somebody bold. And as you know, Paul went on to become one of the boldest Christians of all time. So how did he do this? 
Well, if you read scripture, it clearly tells us that his heart was filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for his people. His heart was filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for his people. That grief is what captured his heart, and he burned with passion. What broke his heart is what broke God's heart. So focus on something, guys, because there's so many things out there that are going to grab your attention. So many things that will catch your attention, but only a few things will capture your heart. So I want to ask you, what captures your heart? Or better yet, what breaks your heart? What breaks your heart that breaks God's heart? And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be something that's like earth shattering or, or some grandiose idea. You don't have to start something from scratch. You can simply join others. You can partner with other, other teams, other missions, the mission of the King's Council. So again, guys, I want to make sure that you understand that the antidote here, it's very, very simple. Acknowledge it. Yes. Acknowledge it. When things are growing dim, when it's like, I just don't know, I just, I'm, I've lost that zeal. Number one, you got to acknowledge it. You got to be able to define that. And then repent. Ask God. Like, God, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, God, but I'm choosing you. I'm looking to you, God. I'm turning around. I'm looking to you. And then commit. And every day, do something that requires faith. Do something that puts you out of your spiritual comfort zone every single day. You've heard me say this, and I will say it many, many times again. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. So here's the antidote. Acknowledge it, repent, and commit. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. We'll hear you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.